This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I am, I am, I am swinging from a seven-story window, throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell, it's just standing the legs I'll go, to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help, yeah, I am waving while I drive, don't bother swimming out of to save me, I will only drag you down. Try to use your body as a life raft Cause if there's room enough for one There must be room enough for two I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset Spin on savory waters And my liver turns blue na This is broadcast in the evening news. I will be relieved. I am waving while I turn. Don't bother swimming out to save me. I will only drag you down. Yes, thank you everybody, thank you for tuning in, it is so good to be back, uh, I am Matt Wright, and you are all of the fabulous, fantastic, wonderful people who choose to spend every Thursday evening with me right here on the Writer's Block. So thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. Uh, first and foremost, before we get into this very exciting episode that we have today, allow me to thank the wonderful people at SiestaCava.com. SiestaCava.com has the finest libertarian Kool-Aid in the world. So go there if you have not joined the Kava bandwagon and uh, try out the Libertarian Kool-Aid that you can only get at siestacava.com. To them and to all of you, I say, Ula Banaka. The Writer's Block is a Muddied Waters media production, but none of that production would be possible without, well, you guys, and also the fantastic people such as 
Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. We don't have the anchor call-in moment on Thursdays, but we still have to thank him because we are contractually obligated. Um, <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing waffle-related caucus in the multiverse, at least in the muddied-verse. Uh, if you want to become a member of the Waffle House Caucus, just go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store and pick up a Waffle House, Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus button. If you want to become a voting member, whatever the hell that means, uh, all you have to do is buy a Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus shirt, also available in the store. This episode is brought to you by Black Organic Coffee, the finest cold brew coffee in the world to ever be horrifically misspelled. Uh, you can find them at blvckbrews.com. And if you use checkout code MW, you get free shipping. This episode is also brought to you by the most aptly named product in Muddied Water's history. This is brought to you by Mudwater Coffee Alternative. If you are trying to get off of coffee in the morning and you're looking for something that tastes like a foot, uh, but doesn't taste terrible if you try it out with honey, uh, go with Mudwater. It's made from masala chai. Uh, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, that is it. Visit muddywatersmedia.com slash mud to make that switch today. This episode is brought to you by the Gravy King. This episode is also brought to you by Nug of Knowledge. Nug of Knowledge is the greatest CBD product that you can get shipped to your home anywhere, uh, especially that green one, because from what I understand, that green one might not be legal in some states. Uh, so if you're going, if you're looking for a CBD product that is, uh, not CBD, go with this one. This episode is also brought to you by the Royal Green, which we, okay. Um, it's not weed. I know that this one is not weed, sadly, but it is a cool book series, allegedly. Um, but that's what some people have told us anyway. I don't know. Um, when we were asked to do this, we were just kind of like, yeah, sure, why not? And there were butterflies and knives and some weird vomiting ring thing. Uh, I don't know. Um, it could be good. I'm not sure. It's written by fellow libertarian Jack Casey, and we want you to buy it and let us know what you think. Love it or hate it. Review it and rate it on Amazon. You can find The Royal Green and its sequels at theroyalgreen.com. Uh, and the third book is going to be available this summer. It will be called Crown by Gold, unless you guys buy so many books that uh, we'll convince them to change it to Crowned by Mud. But, like, could you imagine if he named a book series in whatever this series is about after this show? Because, honestly, that's... Other than writing my own book and getting it published, which I've now done that would be my dream is to get somebody to completely wreck their series because of me. Um, if you love it or hated it, or, uh, you were personally, personally injured by it, uh, please send a photo of yourself with a copy of the Royal green books and your injuries and or inspiration. So we can thank you and possibly avenge you. And this episode is brought to you by Joe Solosky. He is the key to Pennsylvania's Success. Vote for Joe Solosky for governor if you live in the Pennsylvania region of America in the gubernatorial election next year. Um, thank you to everybody out there. Um, okay, so real quick, Malik Trump, uh, I, I can't, 
I cannot uh, speak up for the great seafood debate over whether or not seafood should be spiced or not spiced because I will eat seafood no matter how it comes as long as it's not shrimp, crab, or any kind of shellfish or apparently cicadas because I like breathing. Um, so I cannot join in on that debate. Anyway... I'm very excited to have my next guest on. Uh, she and I have known each other since she first moved to Pinellas County. And uh, since then, she has just been... I remember... I remember... I'm going to tell this story when she's not on. I remember we had a conversation uh, one year. And she said, my New Year's resolution was to liberty so hard. And that year, she ended up moving... Uh, to D.C. She got a job with the Libertarian Party, and now everybody in the country knows her name. Uh, she is uh, also spending so much time on Clubhouse, it's insane. Uh, she worked on the Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen campaigns. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend, Jess Mears. Jess, how are you? I'm really good, and I'm glad that you reminded me of my New Year's resolution. I think, like... It was the year 2016, New Year's, like that, yeah. New Year's Day 2016. My resolution was to libertarian so hard. And then I got to work on the Johnson campaign yep. and I got to get a job with LP National. And now my newest endeavor is to become Space Oprah. To become Space Oprah? Yes. Are, are we going to like try to hook up with uh, Elon, get up there on Mars and do the talk show, talking to the 50 people that are going to be there at the beginning? You get a star. You, <laughs> you get, get a star. star. You Everybody get a star. It's a star. Yeah, I want to empower people to live their best lives in space. So if I can libertarian so hard to the point where I'm working on a presidential campaign and for the National Party, I think I can achieve my dreams of becoming space Oprah. There's already one Oprah on earth, but the one in the universe is still waiting to be claimed and it's mine. Uh, you know, and I know how driven you are and how uh, able you are to, to achieve those goals. So uh, I believe in you. I, I think that this could actually happen. You could become space four, Oprah. Four more years. And we're going to be talking. I'm going to be in space on your podcast. Right. And you're going to be in space with me because oh, I'm okay. going to bring a guest. Okay. I'm going to go into space to do the podcast. I actually, you know, if, if that was offered and it's like, hey, come up to space to do a podcast, I would mm -hmm. say yes. I, yeah, absolutely. I want to do that. And yes. then, and then, you know, be like, well, can I just bring everybody with me or do I have to go back? Because now nothing down there matters anymore. Uh, I feel like it would be so cool to just look at earth from space like we spend time looking at the stars and i just want to be like reverse roles like look at earth and be like hey everyone down there how's it going call call one of your friends look out your window and wave right now yeah. i'm waving like to the ISS you is going by <laughs> i am waving to you right now yeah oh so um i like to start out every show having you know i can't you and i have known each other for, for i moved to pinellas county in 2014 god was that 2014 okay so yeah. i've known wow yeah i've known you like six uh six or seven years now um yeah and uh so yeah i've known you six or seven years but for everybody who doesn't know you <laughs> 
how did you get into Libertarian? I know a lot of your story. I don't know how it all began. I just kind of know different sections of it. So uh, yeah. tell everybody how you got into Libertarianism and how you found the party and how uh, you got to be the Jess Mears we all know and love today. Well, I finished Human Action and then – no, just kidding. <laughs> I signed up for Facebook and it asked me – which political affiliation I identified with when I joined Facebook in like 2006. And it gave me a huge list of options. And that's when I realized I had no idea what kind of political affiliation I had. So I went on a quest and I found the Libertarian Party's platform. I agreed with everything in it except for the part about marijuana. The platform back then did specifically say marijuana in it. And as um, a teenager, I thought that marijuana was a sin. The devil's lettuce was going to put you right to hell. And I disagreed with that portion, but everything else seemed fine. I was cool with everything else in the platform in 2006. And then I went to college and some of my friends might be marijuana users and realized that it's probably not going to send people to hell. Um, you know, so my then I became a 100% party aligned, um, platform aligned libertarian. And I also found myself as an activist in college. That first week I was there, there were college Democrats and college Republicans at the welcome week for all of the cl- campus clubs. Right. And yeah. I realized the libertarians didn't exist. And I was like, I I guess I have to build it. So I've been doing the whole, if you build it, they will come thing since I was a freshman in college and it hasn't stopped and it's only gotten out of control since. (laughs) So this is going to date me so hard. I remember when I was in my first freshman year of college, um, I was approached by a group of students that were students for Lyndon LaRouche. And if you don't know who that is, that gives you an idea of how old I am. Um, but Lyndon LaRouche... You're looking great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Lyndon LaRouche was like this far left, far, far left, like potentially left of Bernie, like communist. And they were, were trying to convince me. Um, and I was, I was at George Mason University, and I went there for their economics program. And they were trying to convince me that communism was the way to go. And I was like you're talking to the wrong guy. Like I am not the right person for you to be trying to recruit into this cult that you have here. I don't even know who this guy is. And my dad, uh, my dad had to, um, explain to me who Lyndon LaRouche was. And I was like, um, yeah, I don't agree with that guy. Um, Patricia Berthod wants to know if it's wallpaper or paint behind you stencil with paint it is so much cheaper than wallpaper i was like i found this like dalmatian spot wallpaper by this designer named katie kimmy and it was like six hundred dollars or something for the square footage and i was just like i can't do that and then i found stenciling and it's it's so cheap so there's so many stencils out there um the i highly recommend dalmatian spots though because the imperfection around these little spots is not noticeable so I have some other stencils that I tried using and it kind of like bleeds. So go with the Dalmatian spots. Fair. Um, and when you, you, you ran for office when you were in Indiana, correct? 
Yeah, I ran in Ohio, Ohio. for state senate. Ohio. That was the first and only time I've ever ran for office, and I just was a paper candidate to support my um, my party because back then um, they really needed people just to be on the ballot, and I'm sure it's still the same case today in a lot of states with libertarian parties. And I agreed, and it was like the easiest thing ever to do. I paid. $85 for my filing fee and I had to get 25 valid signatures. I had 25 exact valid signatures and then I was on the ballot and I I think I got a few thousand people voted for me just because my name was on the ballot. So you, you I, people talk all the time about how how to win, how to run and everything. It's like that's great and you know if you really want to put your heart and soul into it, awesome. But also just giving voters a choice to vote for something other than a Democrat or a Republican is, I think, also a worthy cause. Yeah, no, absolutely. There have been multiple times uh, here in Pinellas County um, where there was a Democrat, there was a Republican, and then there was a third option. And I didn't know who the third option was, but I was voting for that person over mm -hmm. the other two just because they were the third option. Yeah. Um, like, they may, have, they may have been straight, like... Lyndon LaRouche party and I wouldn't have known um I would just know yeah sure I'm voting for that guy um but yeah no and then you moved down uh here you got involved in the LPPC the Libertarian Party of Pinellas County for anybody who's yeah. not from here um and was I vice chair at that time yeah I think so okay <laughs> and um let's see Mr. Bowen was the chair and you were the vice chair when I joined Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was an interesting time in the Libertarian Party in Florida. Um, and it, you ended up leaving uh, at 2016, correct? Was that when you ended up moving up north? I actually moved in 2018 oh, okay. to the D.C. area. Okay. I thought, I was thinking for some reason that you had left earlier than that to go to New Hampshire for a little bit, and then you went to D.C.? I couldn't remember, though. But our friend Jesse went to New Hampshire. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 2018, you went up to D.C. You got the job with the Libertarian Party. And since then, you legitimately, you are everywhere on social media. I, <laughs> <laughs> I see you on Twitter. I see you on Facebook. I see you on um, Instagram. Like, I see you everywhere on social media. Um, and now you have made time to get on a new one and try to master that one. Um, and I went on clubhouse today for the very first time. Cause I figured I should know a little bit about what I was talking about. Um, and I don't understand it at all. Uh, so I'm going to need you to explain this to me. Like I am a boomer who doesn't okay. know how to use his phone. Um, what, what is the point of clubhouse? Okay. Well, you've been to a conference, right? I have. So you know how most conferences you go to, there's usually like a long schedule of a whole bunch of activities. So there's going to be like an expo hall and there's going to be a like the main stage. And then there's going to be a whole bunch of like breakout rooms and then also people hanging out in the hallway. So it's basically Clubhouse is a conference on a digital platform. And when somebody first told me about this platform, I thought that's not going to be fun. That's not going to be like, how can you take the excitement of a conference and put it into an app? 
And I thought that that's not going to work, but turns out I love it more than going to a conference. Now, if I need to go to a conference, I'm like, I don't even want to get on a plane and go be around people. Can we just do this on clubhouse? Cause I can wear pajamas and I don't have to leave my home and it costs $0 to do clubhouse. So clubhouse allows its users to start rooms. Right. You can also start clubs too. So you can host a room from a club. I couldn't. Or you can just host a room. It told me What's I, that? I, I could not start a club. I did attempt to start a club today. I was like, let me okay. start a club. It says you cannot create a club for now. Clubs are only available to the most active community members. And I went, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the, the way you start a club is you just have to be like on the app for about a week and you okay. need to start a few rooms and then it's going to give you the opportunity to start your own club. So they kind of just want to make sure that like you're getting on the platform and using it and then you're going to create a club that you're actually going to use because clubs, if you don't do anything with them, they're pointless. So it's like you'll need to schedule content. A lot of podcasters are putting their podcasts on Clubhouse and recording them and then uploading them. So one of the benefits of making a Clubhouse conversation, say you and I were to have this very conversation we're having this second on Clubhouse, it takes away the video component, so you can't do that. But the benefit is that people can, like the people who are watching us talk right now, they can comment on the chat and that's pretty much their only way of engagement at the moment. With Clubhouse, okay, so you can't, you, people can't... Sorry, uh, can can you chat like text chat on clubhouse or is it just all audio chat? So you can't do chatting, but people can participate. Okay. So if you want to open up the door, say you and I are having a conversation and we want to engage people and hear what people have to say. You can then, if you are the moderator, you can then let people join you and join in on the conversation. So that's kind of the beauty of Clubhouse is it's dialogue, it's conversation, it's people meeting each other exactly where they're at and having conversations and it's not recorded unless you record it. Right. And they don't want you to do recording unless you have the consent of the participants. So it's kind of an ability for us to have conversations, even the tough the tough conversations that we we might feel like we're too ignorant to have, we may not be intelligent enough to have, and it's not recorded. So then people are more willing to open up, ask what might be they think is a stupid question or have a comment. And sometimes, you know, people say things that are incorrect um, or that aren't actually factually based, but somebody's going to be able to jump in and be like, hey, I actually want to like challenge you on this, or I have some other information and it's not recorded. It's not getting it. It's not going to go anywhere afterwards when the conversation's over. My thoughts on Clubhouse and the beauty of it is that because it's not recorded like a podcast, you then have to challenge yourself to have the conversation that you heard with the people in your community. So I'm hearing things and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And I want to share this with others and I have to speak it in my own words and have that conversation one-on-one -on -one rather than just like copy link, send a friend, Hey, I want you to listen to this podcast. And then you never know if they even listen to the podcast. But if you have that conversation about something you heard, you learned, or you grew from, then you really have to make that a conversation that happens outside of clubhouse with your own community. So it's like little rippling effects throughout um, all over the globe. We're having conversations on Clubhouse and then we're taking those into our own like interpersonal spheres of influence. Right. So is, 
And the way that I feel like I can try to associate this, you mentioned uh, conference or conventions or yeah. something like that. Whenever somebody leaves a conference or convention, that that's when they get all jazzed up. And they're like, you know, if it's yeah. a conference for work, they're like, I'm going to do so great at my job. I'm going to start doing this and this and this. Or if it's a convention, it's I'm going to libertarian so hard. Or, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make a difference in the world. And so this is kind of bringing that into your home where you yes. can be involved in this, not in a Facebook text battle. Let's argue this out. We can actually mm-hmm. be part of a semi-physical conversation um Mm -hmm. even if it's just over even if it's just over the uh internet still you're still having a physical conversation with somebody and you kind of will still get that same burst of uh energy in order to go out and work on these things yeah okay and because it started in silicon valley it's really heavy on the tech and entrepreneur venture capitalist side so i am having these opportunities as being an early adopter with this platform to have conversations with some people that you wouldn't have access to like like if you were to go to a conference and say um somebody named naval was the speaker. Naval is sure. the founder of AngelList. Okay. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Well, I've heard of, so, I, I know AngelList and I, I, yeah. I had heard the founder on a podcast years ago, but I could not remember. Yeah. I would not have pulled his name if you'd said it. Uh, okay. So imagine you're, you're, you're registered for a conference and Naval is one of the main stage speakers and you're hoping for a chance to get a conversation with him. Chances are he's going to have people, he's going to get whisked away and then you're never going to see him. And you're, you paid a thousand dollars to attend a conference, um, for, you know, you didn't get a chance to talk to the person you want to talk to. Well, I have had a chance to talk to Naval on clubhouse. So, and I paid $0 for it. My only expense was I was up really, really, really late talking with friends on clubhouse and one of my friends is connected to naval so naval enters into this room with a friend um that he's friends with quite often and then i get a chance to talk to him and it's like like that kind of access to people that are funding technology that's innovating our planet um, you don't get that anywhere else and i've been able to find it on clubhouse so i'm super enthusiastic about the platform i'm having so much fun on it it's it's a complete game changer with with my with my my career and my activism so i'm stoked to be able to talk about it with you this evening and your audience and explain to them why i think they should join clubhouse and talk to people on it no absolutely um real quick jesse roth says saint pete bitch um and (laughs) hi jesse i miss her very yeah it's been a while hope hope you're doing well um, William over on YouTube says, how are the community standards on clubhouse? Which that is a massive issue that yeah. many libertarians, conservatives, like anybody, uh, has, that's not like the wrong, the, the really wrong kind of Democrat. Um, we all kind of have that issue because as you know, I was kicked off Facebook. Um, I was kicked off Facebook last year. Um, lots of people are getting kicked off of YouTube and Twitter and all that. Mm-hmm. What's going on with clubhouse? Like, is there any kind of concern with that? We really don't know yet because it's too early. It's right. such a new platform and it started taking off around March and April is when like people really started rolling onto the platform quickly. And um, Elon Musk got on, Joe Rogan got on. So the, that really like sparked some interest um, across the planet. But the, 
the thing about Clubhouse is their their whole ideal is creator first. You are a creator if you start a room. Okay. And they want to put the power in your hands. So that way you're in charge of the room that you've started. So if somebody's saying something that you don't want them to be saying in your room, you as the creator, you can kick them out. You can put them back down to the audience. Um, you have that power to control the conversation. Um, so they, they want to foster this kind of community dialogue and the vibe of it is homies helping homies. You're going to see people that are, yeah, they're having conversations about like telling your story and finding your voice and investing with cryptocurrency. So people are holding all these conversations about how can we help each other win? And I, that's what I love about it is like, we're, we're trying to collectively use shared knowledge to improve humanity and it's beautiful. And the, the community there that's waiting for people on Clubhouse is very inclusive. It's very um, tolerant. We're having healthy debates. Um, we're challenging each other. It's a diverse community. When I first got on the platform and started like popping into rooms, I noticed I was like, this is not representative of what I see other places. There are people of all skin tones, of all places in the world. I've made a friend in Saudi Arabia. I've never had a friend from Saudi Arabia, but now I have my friend from Saudi Arabia that I'm so excited about. Like if I ever need to go to Saudi Arabia, I know who I can go visit. They're gonna come visit sometime to the United States. Like I'm making global connections that it's it's so unreal what's happening. And I, I wanna hear from people if they are having these similar experiences that I am. I can't be an anomaly that I'm the only person that's finding <laughs> just, this to be such like a peaceful, fun platform. Like Jess is the it, only one amazing. enjoying it. Everybody else is like, I don't know why I'm here. Um, yeah. But I could also see how that could be a thing because you can have a good time anywhere. <laughs> I try. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've got, we've got so many people commenting on this. Uh, this is like the most comments this, this, uh, this show has ever gotten. Um, I think this was in, uh, in response to, uh, how are the, how are the, uh, community guidelines? He says there are some racist groups from all angles on there, which I mean, that's anywhere on social media these days. It's just now on Facebook and Twitter. They try to hide it a little bit better, but they don't. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Lee wants to know if you can search for clubhouses like you can Facebook groups. The search feature isn't as robust or dynamic okay. as Facebook, but you can look for clubs. So you could look for like the keyword like Kava or Kratom, and you'll find the clubs that are going to be in oh, line with what you're looking for. But it's nowhere near as robust as Facebook where you can like look up posts and things like that because posts don't really exist. But it's all about like starting conversations and holding the conversations. So um, when it comes to the community that's on there, because you have to actually use your voice and speak, that I have found that it's it's a positive community. People don't want to speak hatred out there. Like they right. might type it, they might think it, but like talking hatred but saying it out is loud. something I'm not finding. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of our listeners. Um, she, I know this listener pretty well, but she says that the idea of this gives her anxiety. 
Um, she will comment on things often. Uh, she'll comment on things often, but she'll, she's, how do I say this nicely? Because I, I really like this person. I don't want this to come off in the wrong way. Um, but she's kind of withdrawn if you like talk to her in person, but she, she will engage with you uh, online. Uh, can you be a fly on the wall in clubhouse and just listen? Or is it encouraged to uh, kind of go along with it? So the platform is for absolutely everyone. Okay. If you're an extrovert or an introvert, you're going to find that you're going to probably enjoy the platform equally. The extroverts that are interested in getting up on stages and, and engaging in conversations, like my first time I jumped on a stage to have a conversation, I got really nervous because I was, I was like scared. I was like, what am I going to say? What's happening? Like, I was so nervous, but then I got over it and then I started um, participating in conversations and making community all across Clubhouse. Like I've been interacting with the space community and like, I found this awesome welcoming community in the space industry. It was the space industry mixer room with small steps and giant leaps. And they invited me to come speak. And I said, Hey, I'm not really in the space industry, but I'm in space. I'm interested in space policy or what kind of like future I can have in the space industry. And people started because how else do you become me. space Oprah? To become yeah, space I, there, Oprah, yeah, you I need to, to know about space policy space more to right. have my dream realized for space Oprah. But um, so I, uh, people reached out to me, and even um, like you can, you, there's no messaging feature right now with Clubhouse. So people are using Instagram or Twitter to message each other, and they're like, "We want to help you out, like connect you." And I've been connected with um, and talking with NASA's chief scientist Jim Green. He's on the platform wow. all the time. And I got to ask him questions. I was like, hey, Jim, I want to get more into space. I want to be around the space community. Should I stay in D.C. or should I move to Starbase in Texas? And he was like, you should stay in D.C. Like, this is where, like, the community is here. It's just, it's dead right now because people aren't holding meetings. But pretty soon there's going to be, like, networking events and stuff that I can go to in person. But for now, I'm making these connections on Clubhouse. Now, if you're an introvert and you just wanna listen in on conversations that are happening, that's totally fine. There's no requirement at all to participate in conversations. But I think I found the most value, I've, I started off attending larger rooms. And like when I say larger rooms, it's kind of like envision it like the main stage at a conference. Okay. You're gonna have a panelist lineup, maybe they'll take Q and A. And so I started attending those. And then I even started hosting those with former Congressman Justin Amash right. and started hosting these to start creating community among libertarians on Clubhouse. But then what I started doing was a little bit different. I ended up connecting with people after one of these like Justin Amash rooms that we hosted and making friends. So I made some like, started just like talking with people like casual shooting the shit kind of conversation and then it ended up being like seeing them on Clubhouse again and then seeing them on Clubhouse again and like continuing to have these conversations that have now transformed into friendships. And it's been awesome, like to the point where now if I were the, and it turns out like I'm making libertarian friends on Clubhouse. So like it's pretty great right. um, having conversations, staying up late at night, talking about things. 
um, creating community. Like that's the thing that everybody's been missing in the past year is our communities. Like being resorted to being behind screens takes away so much of that community, but we've been using our voices, um, connecting with each other. I want to tell you a story, a love story. Okay. A clubhouse love story. Um, hey, do you know Lex Friedman? I know the name. He's a like a teacher or an AI researcher, I think, okay. at MIT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. a podcaster. He's a public intellectual. And so I have made a clubhouse friend that works for Google. And she is in love with Lex Friedman. So a libertarian in California named Brandon Christensen, who writes original content and he writes songs about people on Clubhouse, wrote her a love song to Lex Friedman. And it talks about her central processing unit is electrified because she's in tech and he's a very witty songwriter. So he wrote a song that was like very personalized about her love and infatuation for Lex Friedman. And we hosted a room where um, uh, he, we were trying to get Lex Friedman to join it. So that way he could play the song and she could say that she loves Lex Friedman. And so we were able to bait like a bunch of people that are clubhouse connected with Lex or maybe even real life connected, who knows, but we were trying to get Lex Friedman to join and he never joined, but we're, we haven't given up hope. You can't we're give going up hope to on these complete this love story. So that way she can get to know Lex Friedman and maybe they're meant to be together. Who knows? You know, and weirder things have happened. And when it comes to love stories, uh, one day yeah. I will tell everybody how Sarah and I got together. Um, but not tonight. Have you ever told it before? Not on the show. No, I've told it to people. Do you want to now? Well, I, there are some questions in in the chat that I really want to get to because <laughs> love story day, love story day, <laughs> love story with Matt. And yes. Um, <laughs> I, and if we have time at the end, I, I will tell okay. the story. I will. I promise. But uh, I'm Oprah. Like, I got to get things <laughs> out of you. I am interviewing you now. It's it's now my podcast. I've hijacked it. Fair. You wouldn't be the first <laughs> guest to do that. Um, uh, Liberty Shamrocker, she wants to know if there's a way to connect Clubhouse to be monetized at all, which I am very interested in this answer. Mm-hmm. So a few months ago, the answer was no, but today Clubhouse is creating tools for the participants to start earning revenue from Clubhouse. So they've incorporated a send money option. So like my friend Brandon, that's writing these original songs, he's doing it out of the goodness of his heart for absolutely no reason, but say he can write a song, original song about something in five minutes. And not only is it an original song, but it's originally an amazing song. Um, say he did that for somebody, they could like send him a tip on Clubhouse. Okay. So there is that ability to send money to people. Nobody sent me money on Clubhouse yet. I'm still waiting for that to happen. But Clubhouse is also starting to, their philosophy is creator first. So they want to help their creators find ways to make revenue from being on Clubhouse. So they have started this creator first program where they've piloted like a hundred shows and they're going to be providing revenue to those creators so they can create these shows and do this in their, and maybe, maybe as a job. So 
depending on how Clubhouse evolves in the future, especially in the post-pandemic world, they are really trying to help people make this something. And it's also venture capitalist backed. So Mark Andreessen, he is the inventor of the internet browser following me on Clubhouse because sometime like back in January, we were in a room together and I must've said something that he was interested in. So he followed me, had no idea that the internet of the, the internet browser inventor was following me until somebody told me about it. And I was just like, you're kidding me. Like, how did it, how did that happen? But that's the beauty of clubhouse. Right. Anything is possible. You can, you can be in like, meet the internet browser creator if you want to um maybe we'll see but um it's got like venture capitalist backed money and it's potentially gonna you know um, continue to grow and we'll see what happens but there are ways to monetize clubhouse you're just gonna have to get a little creative okay. and on sundays at noon eastern the um, developers of clubhouse are holding clubhouse town halls where you can learn what it is that they're rolling out, what kind of features they're doing. You can ask for features. You as a participant, they want to hear like, what is it that you want from this platform? So they're really trying to make this platform a place that is engaging and fun and a place that you want to go and spend your free time. Just like I do, like I'm, I'm loving it. Like how else am I going to meet NASA's chief scientists other than this app? Fair. And that's fair. Like if you're, somebody who spends a lot of time on Twitter, which I'm not anybody who follows the muddied waters, Twitter or my Twitter, uh, which if you're interested, it's muddied H two O Matt. Um, but like, I'm not on those a whole lot. Every once in a while on my personal, I'll drop like a movie review. Um, I'll, yeah, that's pretty much it. Or I just share muddied waters stuff. Um, and then on muddied waters, it's just the show. And then every once in a while I'll be like, Oh, look, I'm going to post whatever today. Um, usually it's a meme or uh, just some idiotic thought that I had that I was like, yeah, that's pro-liberty, so I'm going to go with that. Uh, but I don't spend a lot of time doing it. Um, if you're lucky enough to be somebody who's on these that gets somebody to follow you, uh, you know, like a NASA chief science, science whatever you said, um, yeah. a NASA, a, a guy that works at NASA high up, um, or you get, or you get um, some guy from MIT, you know, the, the smart people who I don't know why they would follow me. Um, if you're lucky because enough, you're a smart guy. I am a smart guy. That's true. My mom tells me that all the time. Yeah, um, she's so smart, Matt. she just says I don't live up to my potential. Um, but, uh, if, if you're lucky enough to get that on Twitter, like you, I know like so many people on Twitter and none of them have that. And I know yeah. like literally, I think I know four people on clubhouse. Hang on a second. I can tell you exactly how many people I know on Clubhouse. Yeah, four. I've got four friends on Clubhouse. Um, <laughs> one is on the show. One is watching the show. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and I know four people on, on Twitter or on Clubhouse, and you already know NASA scientists and MIT yeah. people. Uh, well, I've been on it since January and really started using it just a few months ago, okay. like to, to an extent that like it's gotten out of hand. Um, yeah, but, um, I met somebody that said they are a nonprofit executive and they got their largest donation ever because of a clubhouse conversation Wow! for their nonprofit. That's, that's huge. That's huge. 
That yeah, there huge. are people that are willing to invest and they are people who are willing to donate on Clubhouse. So I think you're going to kill it on Clubhouse, Matt. You are a very articulate man. You're an incredibly smart man. You have a lot of things to say. And also, you know, you have, a, you have an amazing voice. So I think you're going to love the platform and you're going to find like, you're going to have a lot more friends on Clubhouse than you, than you even want to, to deal with. Cause then you're going to be like, now I have to maintain these friendships. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I've got so many now I don't want to talk to. Um, I appreciate you saying I have an amazing voice because I hate it. Um, so I'm glad that you and like Sarah tells me all the time how great my voice is. My boss at work who has to hear it a lot. She's like, you have a great voice. I don't know why you hate recording these things. You talk so much every week to the entire world and you have no problem with that. And I'm like, yeah, but I have to listen to this to make sure that it's good. And she's like, no, your voice is great. Um, voice of an angel. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. Um, even Lucifer was an angel. Uh, hey, Lucifer, Mark Pellegrino. He was in um, Supernatural and played as Lucifer. Yep. And he is an Ayn Rand um, objectivist type. Um, I've talked with him and he's on Clubhouse all the time. Oh, really? Dane Cook on Clubhouse all the time. That's Dane not, Cook is giving like that is life not advice. From Dane oh, Cook. I talked to Dane Cook. I yeah. Oh my gosh, I talked to Dane Cook. He had a room titled Zen Anarchy, and I like pressed the hand button to raise my hand and be on the stage and talk with him. And he's like, "What do you want to talk about?" I was like, "Zen Anarchy, of course." And he's like, "What do you want to talk about?" It. I'm like, "I, I believe in Zen Anarchy, and I'm trying to do this as like make Zen Anarchy a Zen Anarchy a thing across the entire globe." And I invited everybody in the audience to run for office, and I DM'd. Um, I said, uh, I asked Dane if he would join me in my quest for Zen Anarchy, and I DM'd him on. He said, like, yeah, follow up with me. So I DM'd him on um, Instagram, and he he heart reacted my like, I want to make a president in 2024. So I might follow up with him at some point whenever we know who our candidate's going to be, and then be like, can you help me out now? Right. <laughs> I um, we just started watching American Gods, which from the beginning. Uh, so that shows you how far behind I am. Um, if you've ever seen it, uh, mm, never. Oh, okay. So Dane cook is in it and I did not know. No. Yeah. And I did not know Dane cook was in it. I don't know how many episodes he's in. He's been in one yeah. so far. Um, and I was, <laughs> we're sitting there watching it last. I think this was last night actually. And I was just kind of staring at the screen and like doing this weird little trying to figure it out. I went, is that Dane Cook? And Sarah said, yeah. Huh. I did not know what he was doing anymore. I have not seen him since. Yeah. Good luck, Chuck, or the the, the Costco movie. Um, I was like, he's I have, on Clubhouse. He's on Clubhouse. Every day with and, his friend Marty. And they're telling everybody how to live their lives in the most beautiful way. Awesome. Awesome. I, man, I would follow Dane. I followed him on MySpace. Follow <laughs> I followed Dane on, Cook on follow MySpace. Him on, I'll follow um, him Clubhouse. Here. The way that you can find content that you're interested in is just by following people. So the more people you follow, the more likely you're going to see rooms that interest you. And I highly encourage you to visit Dane Cook's rooms. Okay. Uh, I will check out Dane Cook's rooms. I, I did follow him when he was on MySpacer, and that was how he was getting his start. 
and I had those two albums memorized um, at one point in my life. Uh, and I will follow him now, if, especially if he's saying good things. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, positive, definitely right. empowerment, dignity, yeah. all of it coming from Dane. And that's good after what happened to him with his brother stealing all of his money. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his brother was his, uh, was his manager uh, and ended Whoa. up stealing millions from him. Um, wow. And he ended up firing his brother. He didn't press charges because brother. Uh, but he lost so much money because of his brother. And that's why, no like, idea. that's why he kind of disappeared is because yeah. he was like, I don't know I who I can I forgot about Dane Cook yeah. entirely. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, I'm excited to kind of get into it. Uh, I was, I was wondering if there was a way to do like groups. And I think that's what clubs are is like, kind of like groups. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to set up like a Muddy yeah. Waters group. Uh, you should. But they didn't let me uh, today. So I was like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to use this a lot more uh, to yeah. be able to use it. Um, but yeah, I wanted to uh, set up Muddy Waters groups. And that way people could come in and like just have conversations with us where we're not doing this and talking yeah. uh, where we're not doing this. And we're not, uh, you know, just reading people's comments throughout the uh Kenny Johnson says this is going to be a spoiler alert for a lot of people, but if you haven't seen this movie by now, you're never going to. Uh, when he gets hit with a shovel in Mr. Brooks, I laugh every time. And it's wrong. I haven't seen it. Yeah, but I understand it really well because it is really funny when it happens, even though it's not supposed to be. Um, and then he said funniest thing he ever did. Um, but yeah, uh I'm very interested to learn more about it and kind of get to know it and figure out how to, you know, monetize it. Cause why else do I do this? Um, yeah. But also the chance to get out there and learn and meet new people. Like just the fact that you have been able to meet so many people and network the way that you have using it, mm-hmm. um, is amazing. Adley. Yeah. It could potentially like change, change so many things. I mean, the inventor of the internet browser it's not the toaster strudel but the internet browser is pretty big so the internet browser (laughs) you know it's not the george foreman grill but yeah you know whatever Um, i asked ron paul a question i've talked to mika brzezinski from morning joe right i mean it's just like at the like i I could uh, look back at like journaling and be like, I got to talk to this person this day and this person this day. Like it, that's, that's what my life has become as I'm trying to think about what has been the highlight of my day. And it seems like every single day it's clubhouse, like something's happening on clubhouse. That is the best part of my day. It's brought me joy, like (laughs) so much vicarious joy. And I, I think that it's like, I think it's awesome. I think Clubhouse is probably changing our world. It's bringing people together. I have um, a friend from Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. He was um, an immigrant. He was homeless. He came to the United States to play basketball. He got um, leukemia while playing basketball. And now he, he, he survived and he watched people his age pass away from leukemia. And now he's studying, I think he's studying at Stanford to be a doctor and he's studying the bugs that harm our body. And he's doing a daily lecture about these bugs, these micro 
bugs in our bodies and a different one every single day for like 30 minutes and teaching people he's teaching. And then he is working on this beautiful story, these books that are made for children and they're about the bugs in our bodies. Oh. And one of the books is it has two kids in it, one kid with light skin and one kid with dark skin. And the kid with light skin has a skin rash. And so does the kid, the kid with dark skin. But the doctor doesn't see and doesn't diagnose the skin rash with the kid with dark skin. And he does with the kid with the light skin. And so they have two different outcomes. And so these stories, these books that he's writing tell a story about real issues that people deal with with medicine, things that doctors overlook because of our diversity, because doctors aren't always thinking about how we have very different bodies between every single one of us. And these books also come with a 3D printed bug that's featured in the story. And my friend got to tell that idea to Naval somebody who's able to invest millions and millions and millions of dollars into whatever he wants. So perfect place for this man's journey. Who He had a very hard, difficult journey, but he got to tell his story to one of the top investors in this entire planet. And now his, his like fledgling books, books and these 3D printed bugs that he started those could be something that in 10 years, every single kid in America might have every single kid in the world might have because he has found the right person to make the pitch to at the right time. I mean, what a better like success story. Can you find than that? Right. So the From best a homeless refugee to... cancer survivor to now potentially innovating the way that kids learn about science. That, yeah, that is absolutely, that is the story that it warms you here. And oh, and he's a libertarian here. and he kind of wants to run for governor, but he doesn't want to run for governor in the California recall race because he's a student. So he's kind of like, maybe I should just wait. Right. But I think uh, Quat for governor of California. Okay, fair. <laughs> Everybody, you heard it here on the writer's block first. Vote <laughs> for this guy for governor and the next gov- gubernatorial oh, wait, race. No, he can't run for governor. He's moving to Idaho right now, just like all good <laughs> California libertarians are doing. I thought all good California libertarians were moving to Florida. Um, They're going to Idaho, Utah. Um, they are they are leaving California quickly. Quickly, I'm, California is losing a lot of people very very quickly. Yeah. Um, that is a completely different conversation. We could go into why, but that is a completely different conversation. Um, but um, that is almost all the time we have. Uh, but. So if Love story. yeah, if everybody wants to hear it, I'll tell it. Um, I do. She she's not watching. Okay, I've uh, seen pictures of her on Facebook, and she's so pretty. And I she? would love to hear your beautiful love story. No, so uh, it it's weird how this all came about. Um, years ago, back when I was still drinking, I've been sober for coming up on seven years now. Um, oh God, you knew me when I was drinking, didn't you? No, I think oh, you've you been must... sober since we met. Yeah, okay, so the entire time, because I got sober in uh, 2014, September of 2014. May, so the same time we met. Right, so uh, back when I was doing a just all of the drinking that you can do in Florida, um, I met this guy uh, whose name I don't say. Uh, he was like one of those rat 
face dudes that wears like the pork pie hat and he always dressed in black and he was a drummer and any girl out there understands what kind of person I'm talking about and I'm describing him exactly how he is. Um, like, he was cool if you were a dude. If you were a girl, like, I wouldn't trust you. Like, I wouldn't trust him <laughs> around you. Um, but cool cool if you were a dude. Uh, it, but apparently, if you are friends with him, that means nothing. Um he always told me that he had this friend who lived in Lakeland and he really liked her and he thought that she was so hot. And that was all I knew about this random person that he would tell me about when we were very drunk. Um, and then he told me one day she really likes books and I had just published Dear Jack Diary of an Addict. This was actually, I, ha- I was sober at this point. Um, and he said, hey, I really want to give her that for her birthday. Uh, can I buy, can I get a copy? And I was like, yeah, you don't even have to buy it. And he gave me money for it anyway. And on the inside of it, I said, Sarah, happy birthday, Matt. And he gave it to her. And then she said, um, <laughs> she just texted me, but not about this. Um, and then she ended up following me on Twitter and she sent me a couple of messages uh, she sent me a couple of messages and she said, uh, you know, I'd really like for you to read some stuff of mine. And I said, sure. Yeah. Just send it to me. And she never did. And I said, okay, well that's over. Um, that was all of the conversations I'm going to have with this girl. And she, we, she ended up adding me on Facebook and on Instagram throughout the next few years. And I know that I am batting out or I'm punching outside of my weight class here and that she is exceptionally beautiful and I'm just, you know, eh, I'm all right. Um, but when I publish my next book, can you keep a secret available on Amazon? If anybody wants to go and find it, Jack Casey liked it. Um, when I published the next one, I sent her a message on Instagram and I said, Hey, would you like a free book? If you'd like tell your thousands of followers to buy it. And she said, yeah, absolutely. I will do that in a heartbeat. And she pushed both of my books and I made decent money on them. Um, And then after that, we just kind of started talking a little bit. She was living in Hawaii at the time and we were just kind of talking and she and her husband were out in Hawaii and she was telling me how uh, it wasn't working out. And I was just being there as a friend 6,000 miles away. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll be your sounding board because I'm up when people in Hawaii are awake because uh, I don't ever sleep at night. Um, and we just started talking. We became close. Uh, then she left Hawaii and she moved to San Diego for a while. And we kept talking. And then one day I was working at a kava bar, uh, hating it. That kava bar was terrible. It wasn't the one that I used to. It wasn't low tide. It was a different one. Um, And one day I'm just sitting there at work on this terrible Wednesday wishing that I was off so I could go drink copious amounts of kava and not be there. Um, And she walked in the door. She just walked in and I was like, why are you here? And she said, I came to see you for five days. Okay. And I was like, okay. Like, like I literally, like, Jess knows me. Many of you haven't seen me in person. I am not a tall man. Um, I jumped over the bar. Like, I I cleared it. And there was not a lot of room. She just walked in. Um, there was not a lot of room for me to, like, get a running jump. I literally jumped up over the bar, picked her up, gave her a huge hug, and completely ignored the guy that was ordering a drink from me at that moment. 
Um, and she comes, she comes over and, uh, you know, give her a huge hug. I go back to work and then, uh, well, the rest of that story doesn't need to be told right there, but, um, you guys know where it went. Um, and she said that she was leaving her husband and she was going to be moving back to Florida and she, uh, was in love with me. And I was like, Oh, well, thank God, because this was getting real awkward for me because I've been in love with you. And we ended up, she ended up moving out um, literally a day before the pandemic. Uh, she moved out March 13th and California shut down on the 14th or something like that. And we, she moved here to the, to St. Pete and we have been basically right next to each other the entire time ever since that happened. And uh, I'm going to make her cry and, she look, she's got like the glowing thing that you know right here where she's been smiling too much um and we have been together ever since and we used to we, well we do I started saying this thing to her when she would go back to California and uh we would be talking and I would say I love you and she would say I love you and I'd, and I would say forever and she said forever and I said plus 10 so forever plus 10 became our I love you so now we will say forever. One of us will say forever, and the other person will say plus 10. And that is how we say, I love you, and I love you too. So the fact that this one dude, who's a complete douche, uh, asshole, uh, bought a copy of my book to try to get into her pants is the reason that she and I have now been together for two years? Two years in September. Two years in September. So, yep. It all started because I wrote a book 15 years ago, published it seven years ago, and some guy that neither one of us talked to anymore gave it to her as a birthday present. Isn't it crazy how some of our most difficult times and most, you know, situations that nearly break us and then we come through them and it leads to something more beautiful than you could have ever imagined. You know, like when when he said, "Hey, I want to buy this book for this girl because I think she's hot and you know she likes reading and this will impress her." Um, that I know an author, and I'm like, "Well, I mean, kind of know an author. I've written one book and like 14 people have read it." Um, I was like, "Yeah, sure, like yeah, whatever." And then I never would have thought that that moment, that that singular moment, was going to change the rest of my life after I had to wait seven years or six years or whatever it is. Um, I never would have considered that that moment was the one that was going to change everything for me moving forward. But did you know that you were writing that book for someone very, very special? No, I legitimately thought I was writing that book to help me not do more cocaine. <laughs> but I mean, I guess technically... With her, I can't do more cocaine. She'll get mad at me and leave me. So I technically still true. <laughs> She's giving me a look. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is, uh, you know, like people in the comments, they're saying, damn, that's destiny. Uh, why y'all not heart reacting? Thank you, Kenny Johnson. Um, this is a beautiful love story. Uh, I'm going to make space Oprah cry. People love Sarah. Happy tears. Um, yeah, no, honestly. I mean, I definitely got some feels <laughs> when you told that. <laughs> yeah, when um, when all of this started, I never thought that, I never thought that, you know, she and I would be together uh, ever. 
when I, when it, at the very beginning. But after I started getting to know her and started learning more about her and we started clicking like better than I had ever clicked with anybody, I absolutely... <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> um, uh, when, when I started learning that, I was like, man, this is going to be terrible because this is going to be the worst non-relationship that's ever going to have to end for me. Because I didn't want to be the guy that was going to be like, you should leave your husband for me because I'm not, I don't want that. I don't want to break up a family. I never wanted to tell her how I felt about her and any of that. Uh, and when we finally could say these things to each other, it was the greatest weight lifted off of me because I no longer had to hide it anymore. And I am one of the luckiest people in the world because she feels the same way. And I don't have to worry about... Uh, ever saying that and having it question whether or not it's going to come back. Um, Meg Jones says, at least she's not threatening bodily harm. And you don't know that Meg. Um, <laughs> you don't know our personal life. Um, but no, honestly, and much can be said about um, so much of my life, whether it was me selling a book to this guy uh, seven years ago, or whether it was me meeting some guy in a kava bar who was also a libertarian and him coming up to me a few months later going, hey, you want to start a podcast? And I go, no. And having it turn into what this has turned into over the course of four years, there's no way you any interaction that you have could turn into something so much bigger than what you think it possibly could ever be. And I've gotten so lucky twice. <laughs> With Sarah, most of all, and then with the podcast, and then with three times, because I also made the decision to bring Spike on. Um, so three times, like, I've struck gold. And in all honesty, like, if you can get more of those interactions, which it sounds like potentially you can, bringing it back on Clubhouse. Um, yes. <laughs> if you can get more of those interactions on Clubhouse, it is one of the, it sounds like it could be one of the better things that people in the Liberty Movement could should join. Most definitely. And it's, I mean, we're, we're such an insular community where we have a hard time speaking to people that don't already speak our language. But when we meet people and, 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 come into these dialogues, Laura Hartman and I have joined conversations where we start changing the, changing the dialogue to flip them and flip the conversation and inject liberty into a conversation that wasn't already there. Talking about like cannabis reform and how to cure PTSD with, um, with substances that are un being researched right now by the FDA to try to treat mental illness. And so we've really tried at changing the conversation and helping to provide a Liberty message that may not have been there, but before we went in. So like you can, you sometimes might see with Laura and I in the same room and you already know what's happening. Right. There's going to be a lot of talking. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, no, I'm like, I'm excited to learn about more about this platform. Um, and I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to just see what comes of it and see, uh, what good all of us, anybody watching the show, anybody that listens to this show, uh, it, what good we can do bringing this out into the world and like making it bigger. 
my advice to anybody that's joining it, the best thing that I can say is just have a little bit of courage and join some conversations for the first time. It's, it's intimidating to enter into a conversation where you can't see any of these people other than a picture of their face and you can read their bio and you can hear them and you can listen in, but it's really becomes magical once you start to have the conversations with people. So it muster up a little bit of courage. And when you have something to say, share it with the, share it with, with the people that are there. And who knows, you might end up connecting with people that you're going to change the world together. Right. Because like, you know, like that, I just said, you don't know which interaction is going to be the one that's going to change your life. Um, and mm -hmm. whichever one it is, whether it's on clubhouse or whether it's, uh, you know, I'm at a copper bar or, you know, at work or, you know, just on the street, any interaction could be the one that makes the difference. And if it's on the clubhouse, great. Like you, you could be changing minds and changing lives out on clubhouse. Um, and that's just fantastic, really. Um, During the Ingenuity mission on Mars, when Perseverance landed back in February, and there's this little helicopter in in um, in um, Perseverance. It's called Ingenuity, and it was um, scheduled in April to have its first flight. And I got to celebrate with people on Clubhouse during Ingenuity's first flight on Mars. And the very special thing about that is that we have never flown on another planet before. And I got to hear from the engineers that created Ingenuity. I got to be part of the whole space community on Clubhouse with all these people. I mean, NASA's chief scientist was talking about it, bringing on the people. Like, there's, there's a lot of components that go into a Mars helicopter to get it to Mars right. than to have it fly on Mars. But the coolest thing that I learned, and I only learned it because I was on Clubhouse, is that helicopter had a tiny piece of fabric from the Wright Flyer from 1904. The first flight on Earth, where there was a little piece of the first, um, first flight on Earth was on the first flight on Mars. And that is like such a meta thing that like blew my mind when I was like, dang, we're now flying on Mars. And only was it in 1904 that the Wright brothers had their first powered airplane. Look how far we're coming with humanity. Like high five. Right. I mean, it's amazing what the Wright brother, you know, anybody named Wright, really, they're just fantastic people. Um, they're changing the world. One bicycle maker at a time. Mm -hmm. um, one podcast at a time. That's right. Um, well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on. Where, if people want to find you on Clubhouse, it's not hard. I found you in like two seconds. Yeah. Um, but if anybody out there wants to find you on Clubhouse, uh, where can they find you? My handle is Jess for Liberty, the number four on all social media platforms. Yep. And definitely join me on Clubhouse. I'm hosting conversations with former Congressman Justin Amash, and we're having a great time. We're having a blast. We're connecting, building community, and I want you to be part of the community. And I also want to hear what kind of uh, life-changing conversations are you getting into? What are you learning about? Who are you meeting? Are you falling in love with anyone? I want to know what's going on. So I hope to connect with your audience and uh, hear from them on Clubhouse. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Uh, I need to do the outro if you want to hang out for a few minutes and I'll talk to you afterwards. Yeah. Beautiful. Sounds great. Excellent. Two.
everybody else, that's Joe Soloski. I forgot to turn that off. But uh, to everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I have to give a shout out to somebody on YouTube because his name is Matt Wright. And how can I not? Eventually, he and I are going to have to battle um, because there can only be one. Um, <laughs> thank you all for tuning in to this very personal episode of the Writer's Block um, where you got to learn about my love life um because i was not expecting that to happen but when jess mirrors is around you have no clue what is going to happen um if anybody wants to follow me on clubhouse or twitter or instagram you can find me at muddied h2o matt at muddied h2o matt you can find me on all social media that way um tune in next week I should have had this pulled up. I say that every week, but you know what? That's not going to change anytime soon because I get so engrossed in my conversations that I forget. Uh, join us next week for a very special episode of the Muddied Waters of Freedom where Brody Anderson uh, will be coming on. He was elected to a six-year term to the River Valley District Library Board of Trustees, and he's going to be coming on and telling us about his journey there. And then next Wednesday... Next Wednesday, uh, Spike has Josh. Oh, he's doing this one again. Okay, cool. Um, he has Josh Eagle and Justin Cornett from Tennessee. Uh, great guys. They're doing a lot of great work up in Tennessee. And then next week on the writer's block, I have no clue who I have. Um, I will find out later. I found out about Jess yesterday. Uh, but, uh, tune in. Thank you all so much. Uh, please like, please share. Uh, if you're not watching this live, comment, 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 comment. I don't care what you comment. You can tell me I suck. I won't care. Comment, because that helps us out in the algorithms. Um, if you are one of those fantastic people out there uh, who enjoy hearing these sweet, sultry, dulcet sounds of our voices, you might be able to do that on Clubhouse regularly soon. But in the meantime, what you can do is you can head on over to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters where you can listen to every single episode, excuse me, every single episode of the Muddied Wa of Muddied Waters Media. Um, and you can also leave us messages that we will play on Tuesday nights in the very coveted personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Um, you can also, if you are so inclined, donate money to us so we can continue to do things like this for you because we love you um and we love money and it makes it just slightly more worth it for us to do that um you can also find this and every other episode at muddywatersmedia.com thank you all so so much uh thank you all so so much i appreciate each and every one of you for the writer's block i am matt Wright, and you are perfect just the way you are i am I am swinging from a seven-story window, throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's a stunning legs I'll go to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help. Yeah, I am waving while I drive. Don't bother swimming out to save me. I will only drag you down. I'll try to use your body as a life raft. If there's room enough for one, there must be room enough for two. I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset. So if 